the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for The Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Welcome to The Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Sophie Dollar. So, so, so grateful that you would join us tonight for the the Bible live broadcast. Jacob is finally home. He's been gone a while and speaking to us from that far off land of... Gitchigumi. <laughs> Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Gitchigumi. But we're glad to have you back, kiddo. Thank no you doubt much. about thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, uh, we are got a lot of ground to cover tonight on the broadcast. As most of you know, we're making our way... Through uh, on these Sunday nights, we're making our way, uh, commenting and responding to the scriptures uh, through through the Bible, and we are coming now to the end of our Bible reading year. We start somewhere around the first part of November. We end with the book of Revelation, the last book of the uh, New Testament, uh, and just about the time of uh, Halloween. I, I've always thought that was kind of cool to end up. Uh, Revelation. You know what's you know fascinating to me, Sophie, the way you've arranged this and where you end actually corresponds to when the Jews finished reading the That's Bible. That's always astounded me because it's purely, I wish I could say that was, oh, I'm so smart of you, Guy. Well, the but next, it, next, it, next week is Sukkot, Sukkah, uh-huh. and it's a seven-day day. Then the eighth day of that, it's really a separate festival, but it's like the eighth day, uh-huh. is the last portion of reading in Deuteronomy. So and and of course when they read that they also read something of the prophets and uh-huh. matches, but so you're actually you you always do that every year you've got this organized to where it actually ends, where it's 
arranged and uh, completed for the Jews every year for thousands of years. That's thrilling. It really, really is because uh, we want to join you guys. You, you, I think it's so astounding you guys for you guys. I'm sorry. I'm doing hey, the you guys, guys thing again. Hey, you got a hot dog with everything, you know. I was telling someone, too. Uh, I, I told you about this couple I was meeting with yesterday. We had a great lunch and. uh the, some of our volunteers out at our work at Lackland Air Force Base, and uh, just a wonderful conversationalist, uh, talking about God's Word, talking about uh, all things biblical and the writers and all that. They're, they're really inspiring and encouraging to me in their love for the Scriptures. And we were talking about that that idea of, of reading through the Scriptures every year and so on. And And the fact, I often mention it to people that you guys, I mean, the Jewish people have been reading and studying these passages. Uh, of course, obviously, we're mostly talking about the Hebrew Scriptures, the Tanakh, but for hundreds, even literally thousands of years, in, in the, the commentaries filled a wall, a whole wall of com- the Talmud, and, and, uh, and how interesting that is that we can glean, we can learn so much. To be block the border of America. Oops, did I say that? Is that right? Well, it's a, it's a pretty big wall, no doubt about it. That, that's just, And that's why we pay you the big bucks being here with us as we make our way through the entire Bible. I think you're one of the few Jewish, uh, and I'm going to use the word scholar, uh, Jewish uh, people, students of the Scriptures that that have read and studied deeply the New Testament, not just read it, you know, but but spent time in comparing passage with passage and particularly referencing us back. Uh, I've, through your commentaries and your understanding, I've come to really understand that most of the New Testament, even the writings of Jesus in the, in the Gospels, uh, I, I'm a, my Bible doesn't have any writings from Jesus. Which one are you referring oh, to? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, even the, not the writings, but the, but the, even the New Testament thinking, passage man, I, about know, I, his I gotta life. buy that book. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. But most, um, e- even those in the new, in the uh, Gospels, they're just filled with the, uh, Old Testament. They're, they're, they're just filled with the references. Many, many of the passages that I thought were original with Jesus, original sayings or, or wisdom or his own particular. Wow, that came on quickly. I'm sorry. No, no, I, was, uh, the, I think I think three ships docked down at Corpus, but I don't know. It <laughs> blew them away, didn't it? But anyway, most most uh, most is just essentially the rehashing and the explanation and the uh, repeating of the Old Testament scriptures. They, Jesus in particular was full. I mean, he really knew the Old Testament. He. So many of the things he said in his teachings were, 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 there was hardly anything original, actually. It was mainly him repeating. Now, he gave insights, I assume, that that were original to him and well, thoughts about it. I don't think it, there's but, any doubt that he was a great, great uh, explainer, a great teacher. There's no doubt about and, and that. He had a, and he had a perspective. It was uh, definitely uh, unique to him in terms of seeing his own particular role in that, in uh, the you know, coming out of and expressed in the Old, Old Testament. Well, let's go. We we, figure, we finished we, up this last week. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you want to do this now or in a minute, or what do you want to do? 
Uh, yeah, let's get to that. Just one. Let me just tell okay, what we're sure. going to cover tonight. We're going to cover uh, the last chapters, 10, 11, 12, of the book of Daniel. And then we're headed back to catch the little books at the end of the New Testament, uh, James, first and second Peter, first, second, third John, and the little book of Jude, just one chapter long. Uh, and then next week... We'll pick up on the book of the Revelation and uh, end our readings in our w- reading year with that. Uh, well, we'll go. Uh, we'll go back. Then we've got some small books at the end. Yeah, of we got all these little books. The Hebrew scriptures too. Uh, what, I don't think Malachi, these are books. I think they're they're more like pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, several pages, a letter or something. Uh, well, okay, there we go. Now you wanted to mention something well, because yeah, this is a friend of mine that's going to have heart surgery in Michigan. Uh huh. His name is Skip, and I don't know that I should give his, that's a nickname, obviously, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't think I should maybe give his, well, his first name is Garner, but his Uh nickname, I've known him for years and years and years as Skip, and I will tell you this, he's he's a retired prosecutor, he's like a lot of us, he's had some tragedy in his life, but he's had good times, but he's a good man, Mm. and he truly is a good man, in fact. Uh, he is a retired prosecutor. He's actually, you'll be proud to know this, he's actually completing a Bible course to get uh, the, the under, uh, license as a Baptist preacher. Oh, my lands. Goodness. I thought you said he was a good man. Wow. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, that's a little inside well, joke. Uh, that was Soapy that said that. <laughs> Soapy the Baptist preacher. Yeah. Yeah, Soapy the Baptist preacher. Yeah, yeah okay. Soapy. So but, anyway, I thought maybe since he's having heart surgery, sure. might, you're very good at that. Would you mind? I'd love to prayer? talk to the Lord about Skip. And thank you, Lord, for this friend, this brother, uh, and the Lord. And we ask your blessing and you ask your peace and comfort, mainly. I, I know that it's astounding what we can do today, these days with medicine and operations and surgeries and uh, the it, it just astounds me, Lord, what what we've been able to discover and learn, uh, and yet still, when you start messing with the heart, it's it's scary for us. There's uh, brings us face to face with our own mortality and limitations. And Lord, I pray that you'd give him comfort and peace in that in these moments, and as he comes up to that, give guidance and wisdom and. Uh, to understanding to the physicians who will be tending to Skip and uh, to his family. I don't know. You didn't yes, mention his wife married, and family, yes, huh? but, but uh, to his family as well. Bring comfort and encouragement and let them to uh, rest, find their rest in you and your care and love for them, Lord. And uh, just like you did with Daniel, I, I, I mean, we talked about the night, Jacob, that there's this passage in Daniel. He's weak and he's afraid. Can you imagine God has actually communed, communicated with him. He's seen an angel of God, you know. And almost every time an angel appears in the in the Bible, and an angel appears in the Bible, uh, if, if the first thing he has to say is, "Don't be afraid, <laughs> peace." Yeah, and uh, so and, and God says, uh, gives an angel uh, message to Daniel. He says, "Don't be afraid, for you are deeply loved." By God and and Father, I pray that that will be Skip's experience. That he will hear your voice and have a real special experience and understanding that you, he is deeply loved by you, and that would bring comfort, and encouragement, and strength to him. 
as he comes up on, on this medical uh, intervention in his life. So we pray for him, God, and thank you for his willingness to be a friend to Jacob. I know that's a huge sacrifice on his part. <laughs> and uh, we love him, Lord. We just never met him, but uh, he's a friend of my friend, and I, I ask you to bless his life and his family and in these days. In the name of, I pray in the name of my Savior Jesus and tonight. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sophia. You betcha, nice. my pal. That's great. Well, it's. Uh, I'm just glad to know you have a friend. We can't lose this actually, one friend. Actually, i got to tell you something. I'm glad, too. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I'm sure. I know, there's not uh, many. <laughs> he's a good guy. Friends are hard to come by. That's great. You went to school with him, huh? You, uh, you guys. Went to, yes, we did. And he's, uh, he's a little older than I am. Mm-hmm. Very uh, ethical guy. Very honest guy. He's had tragedies in his life. Yeah, we all yeah. have. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he survived, and uh, and I, I'm very confident he'll survive this, and and he'll go on to have a a good life. It's funny, lifelong friends are are so interesting. Uh, meet people who knew you 40 or 50 years ago, and it's and to to think that you kind of in this in a sense walk through life together. You know, this little time we have here on this uh, little rock called planet Earth. And that you, people that you've known that long, it's fun to it's had to, it's fun to have long time friends. I think like that. That yeah. I don't have many many either. That of course I'm getting up in years, so some have gone on now. But you know, yeah, when I was headed up there, so and I had spoken to him on the phone, and he said, "Hey, you know how old I'm going to be?" And I said, "Don't tell me that. You're in your 30s. I remember." <laughs> That's how I remember you. Exactly right. Exactly right. Well, let's get into uh, some of yeah, our passages. Let's, let's, let's talk about Daniel let's a just bit. Let's get right into Daniel. What does I, the name Daniel mean? There's a nice thing. Oh my lands. Oh my lands. No, that I do incorrect. know. I no, it's not all oh, my lands. It, I do know. In fact, I hope I mentioned it last week. But I hope so. Too. What is it, Dan? It's something about God. It, the oh, E-L. Good, good, good. Can, I can name that in two syllables. Yeah. What's my pantomime? <laughs> yeah. Um, but Daniel, Daniel. Um, Dan, 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 Dan. L is it, it's, a, it's a tribe of Dan. No, no. Well, yes, it's a tribe of Dan. There is a tribe there of Dan. There is a tribe of Dan. I, I, I know that you'd go for that one. Uh-huh. Okay. 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 Tell me. That's I, judge. A judge of God. A judge? Not, no. not that he's judging God, but he works for God. Sure. And 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 he works for God. <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, well, he did. I, 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 people, I've gone on and on about how I'm so impressed and so amazed at this guy, Daniel. What is he seen with the same kind of almost not reverence, you know, that we reserve for God Himself? But he's one of the few characters in the Bible to whom there is never attributed sin. Uh, there are not that many. Uh, the <laughs> That there's never a I point when I think the Christians he... would say there's only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying he never sinned, and I, and I, I assume Daniel did. He had his weaknesses like everyone else, but, but, uh, except that one. But, but is never attributed. It never mentions uh, that we know of, or uh, that I recognize at least as something he did wrong. You know, one of the interesting things, in fact, I was. Talking with Skip uh, before this, uh-huh. l- this afternoon before I come on the show, uh-huh. and uh, as a matter of fact, you know Daniel was a eunuch. You know he was yes. ca- he was castrated, and, and as were the other three, what they call the Hebrew children. They were all eunuchs. They were all castrated because they were all princes of the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. So Babylon was not ignorant. They knew they'd either kill the, these princes of Judah or castrate them. 
That way they could never reproduce because it was a way to keep possibly the fulfillment of the prophecy that everybody knew about. The royal lineage would, yeah. yeah. Isn't that fascinating? It is. It really is fascinating. And it's, and again, I was asking, what is he seen it with any particular reverence or? Oh, sure. And so on. He seems to me to be, if not the greatest, at least one of the greatest prophet his situation was so unique and that he was taken out of his country you know he had this physical he was you know abused physically the it and yet through it all he does he's you know in the early chapters we see these this courage that he has to keep worshiping god he won't eat the foods you know and he won't stop praying to god he's thrown into the lion's den and and this you know these he goes through these trials and these these uh uh, tests of his commitment to God, and, and he just never fails, you know. He and he and he serves under what these four or five thing, different you know, emperors. It's interesting you say that. There's no doubt that he's got this insight and this prophecy ability. He does have the visions, you usually call them. But I also, I'm struck with something a little different. Yeah. Do you know what it is? I don't know what it is. Would you like to know? Probably his hair, his uh, hairstyle. No, you like ha- hairstyle was yes. No, he did not talk like Elvis. Uh-huh. But I, but Daniel also read the Bible. Oh yeah. But I mean, he understood it and he read it because he actually knew because he had read the prophet Jeremiah. Uh-huh. And of course, the Daniel comes later than Jeremiah, and Jeremiah had said that uh, they'll be in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. Mm -hmm. And you recall why? Because of the number of uh, the... Shemitah years, the land of rest. Yeah, yeah, that they had not Uh, observed that to let the land lie fallow and lie rest. So they had to make up those 70 times they missed it, yes. God has such a memory. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) So you you really meant it? Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so... He read it, and it's actually mentioned in Daniel. But I was, he says, I was sitting back reading Jeremiah, and, well, there's 70 years. And he realizes from reading the Bible, the time is up. But our prime pyramid chapters tonight, because I know you handled the rest of Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, is 10, 11, and 12. But uh, in your question number, uh, let's see, what is it? Your question number six mm-hmm. uh, says that he had a vision, and that's in chapter 10. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us about this vision? Let me look at that. Yeah, whatever it was. You did. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Yes, I am. Daniel's do you vision. have your Bible today? Yes, yes, I do. Daniel had a vision of this messenger in the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia. It says Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar. That was his uh, slave name. Slave name. His uh, That's, Babylonian I'll honest, name. I'll be honest with you. Um, in the Jewish world, they rarely use the slave names, unless they call mm-hmm, it the slave mm-hmm. name. Yeah, we we just gotten used to the slave names, I guess. Well, he understood the, that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. And when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. I wonder why. Hmm. All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. Through a three-week fast. Uh, some people call this a, the uh, uh, fast of Daniel. I've seen it repeated, uh, in fact. You know, so when you're not eating, they call it a fast. Uh-huh. Why do they call it a fast? 
It doesn't pass fast. <laughs> no, it seems like forever. Uh, because it's like when something quickens or fastens, it hardens. Uh-huh. And so you're you're fast because it's your body's sinking in because you don't have food. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so when you don't eat, it's called a fast. And what do you call it when you overeat? Uh, slow. It's slow. That's right. <laughs> slow. Very good soapy. It's slow. Okay. I doubt if that's true, but okay. Okay, on April 23rd, which is really a remarkable thing, too, how the, nowadays they've been able to translate from the calendar, the Hebrew calendar, to uh, our the, day, the calendar of our day, the um, calendar of our day. On April 23rd, there was a standing on the bank of the Tigris River. I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing. So he has his vision. An angel comes to him, uh, and and he falls down in in fear. Uh, you know who knows what kind of vision creature that was, and and he falls down in fear. And I, I love that that verse. Uh, he says he falls down. He's overwhelmed by the vision that he's seeing and things that he's under given being given to understand. And I've never thought of that. How fearful that would be. I. I I've tried to imagine, you know, when God gives an insight, there's a certain awe, there's a certain fear. But he said uh, he fell down in front. He said, I can hardly believe. Look at verse 17. How can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Then the one who looked like a man, this angel, touched me, and, and I felt my strength return. He said, don't be afraid, for you are very precious to God. Peace. Be encouraged. Be strong. I, I just think that's such a wonderful. To me, it touches me. Like emotionally, it kind of that, that you are loved. You know. That, yeah, that, that's like, that's very just, sweet. It's a very nice yeah. angel. Yeah. Except, look what Daniel does. It's almost a very Jewish thing here. He says, "Thanks, I appreciate that. I really do." Where have you been? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I called you. I prayed to you a long time ago. Uh, you know the old joke about the uh, lady, the grand, grandma down on the beach in Miami? Uh-uh. Yeah, because you know, a lot of Jews go down to Miami to uh-huh. retire. And she's got a little grandson with her. And the wife comes up and swipes away her grandson. And she says, oh, God, bring my grandson back. Oh, God, oh, God, please. And the way next way he comes back. And the boy's on the shore sitting next to his grandma. It's a little boy, maybe four years uh-huh. old. And she looks up at the sky and says, hey, he had a hat on. <laughs> he wears that hat. Well, that's, that's good. That, uh, that's, that's a very Jewish, I think, joke. <laughs> it seems well, that's to kind me. of what happens here. Yeah. Because look what he says. Because look at that. And he, he says, oh, 20, he says, you are greatly loved. He said, no. yeah, okay, well, that's good. Yeah, Where have you yeah. been? Where have you been? Yeah, what happened? And, and look what he says. Do you know why I have come soon? I must return to fight against the spirit. Spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia, which is interesting in thought, whatever that means. And after that, I the spirit prince we of the kingdom. Share. Is that Satan? Oh, you are so good. Is it? Yes. Uh, okay. The spirit prince of the kingdom of Greece yes. will come. Wow. Yeah. Meanwhile, I will prince tell you what is written is, in the book is, of truth. Uh, the guardian angel of mm-hmm. that religion, you might say. Mm-hmm. And it is the guardian angel is considered to be Satan or Satan. How about that? Very good, so I'll tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one helps me against those spirit princes except Michael, your spirit, your spirit prince. So Michael is the spirit prince of the Hebrews, Israel, of Israel. Wow, and he's. We think of Michael as the warrior, uh, Gabriel as the messenger, and Uh and Lucifer was. We we think the other 
uh, Archangel before his fall. I have been standing beside Michael's, Michael. I have been standing beside Michael to support and strengthen him since. So th- who is with this? Is this is? Uh, yeah, so this it. is yeah. some other. Yeah, that's right. You got it. So he's saying, "Well, I was there until Michael came along, your prince, your angel, uh-huh. and he handled that." Support and strengthen him since the first year of the reign of Darius wow. the Mede. Wow! So he even gives a time here, wow. a timeline that right. it. Wow! So he was held up was the idea right. that Daniel had called to him, or once, and, once uh, actually, did you know? Once I I was actually involved in a train robbery. No. Yes, I was. One time I went up the railroad tracks. I'm turning by and I was held up by a train. Dot, 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 dot. You were. A train robbed you. I was involved in a train robbery. I get it. I get it. Well, okay, so then that's where we come. That's Daniel. Now, I have to mention, I do have to mention that Chapter 9 is really remarkable in that it talks about this 69 weeks of weeks. That sixty-nine week prophecy right, about, right. and some have seen that as a just a prediction of when the Messiah would come, and they've mapped it out and taken you know the details and the numbers and so on and so on, and it it came down exactly to the week of of the uh, triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. I mean, I just have to mention that I can't go into detail about it. It would take too long, and folks, you can look it up. But in chapter, isn't that chapter nine of Daniel? Yeah, it actually, talks about that. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, the, be be aware of that, and you can look that up if you're of interest, and look in your commentaries. And it's it's a very very interesting uh, commentary on those sixty nine weeks of weeks. I guess it is yeah. it's, that we see there the prediction of when Messiah would come. Which Sam uh, said, "Wow, right on! It's perfect." But Daniel talks about these empire, empires that are going to rise. He predicts. He sees that statue of the Babylonian with the the golden head, and then he sees the bronze. Is no, no, no it's silver, and that's the uh, what the Medo Persians. Right, right. And then the bronze becomes the Greeks, and then the iron becomes the Romans. And then the toes, the ten toes that are crushed, you know, split up the Roman Empire at the end. Of, so he just sees this, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, you know, the fascinating thing, I mentioned this last week. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Oh, with the, John put on a resurrection record. Yeah. He's, he reads us like a book, doesn't he? Um. Well, we'll come back, and I want to, uh, and I want to ask you just in kind of a last commentary on Daniel. I want to talk to you about okay. this statue and this prediction of these empires that are going to rise and fall, and um, in your understanding of, of how in the world, how does Daniel? I know it's miraculous and all that, but is there any insight about how does Daniel? How do these prophets know these things? How, is it always just some sort of as get zapped and they see it, or is it because they're so deeply involved in the scriptures that? They capture from that they insight. They have to have insight from the scriptures. Let's come back to that and talk about it when we come back after this really short break. Don't you dare leave us, folks. Stay there. We will be right back. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
Dr. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 90-78-78. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Yeah, great, great passage. I bet that's found somewhere in the Hebrew Scriptures as well. Oh, probably. (laughs) We are back. We're going to talk a little bit about, just a little bit more about Daniel. And I was asking you about, if you have any uh, thoughts about how these prophets... Well, they, they actually knew these things uh, and saw these things. These things, it gets, it gets very. It, if you're interested in it, it becomes interesting. If you're not, it's boring. Uh-huh. Actually, these things actually go all the way back to Genesis, because remember there were four kings mm-hmm. that Abraham had to go rescue Lot from. Those are the. It's not the kingship. They are king and a kingdom. Without a king, kingdom, there is no king. But it's the religions. And these religions reoccur and reoccur and reoccur. Like, for example, we would say you'd never sacrifice a person or a virgin to get good crops these days. We'd say that, wouldn't we? I think so. Okay, we'd say that. John, would we say that? Sure. John John was thinking about what crops he wanted to make sure it was okay. And then he said he agreed with us. But uh, so, and and I'm going to suggest that it has, if you'll pardon the pun, resurrected. <laughs> okay. You jump from the fire from the uh, pot into the fire here, there with that point. one. Uh-huh. Is so people are talking about we should have so we can have more food, a better climate. We should not have babies, and we and they're even telling third world countries they should have abortions. That's a human sacrifice, certainly. Exactly. And and they're saying and also have no children, so that the. Climate is better, so we can grow more food. Tell me that's not an aberration or exactly the same thing of sacrificing a human for crops. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I thought about that, and I thought, holy mackerel, you know, we're, it's the same thing over and over and over. Maybe expressed differently, but it is the same theory. Uh-huh, exactly and right. And so these hmm. things take place actually back in Genesis. So they actually start all these things. Like, for example, and I'm not the one to originate this thought, but all the things that go on with Jesus— all those things, those things that happened to him, you can actually go back and see those exact same things have happened to the nation of Israel, and he's sort of replicating, uh-huh. but in a personal uh-huh. sense. Uh-huh. So he's repeating it. So it's always a cycle. Well, when we get to uh, the book of Revelation Uh-oh. in just a week or two, uh-huh. when we come, that's really, I think, one of the keys to understanding the book of Revelation when you talk about these cycles, these um, 
you know, the, what is it? The, the 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 cups, and then there's the trumpets, the, the, and then there's the angels. There's this, there's right. the stories of these different judgments, and, and and what it seems to be is the best understanding I think I've read on the Book of Revelation is that it, it is kind of representation. Uh, one of the messages is that humanity, this the the history of human humankind, is a it's a story of these cycles of 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 wickedness and then of, of of turning back to God and experiencing his grace and then and then falling back into temptation and weakness again and and, and this this kind of but ever widening circles of, of struggle of, of cycles. Well you remember that even Jesus himself and I don't want to get off on a different book mm-hmm. than we're on tonight, but he even says, as we've talked about before, uh, in the last days will be like the days of Noah. Of Noah, yeah. So he's talking about the recycling of the ideas. For some reason, those same ideas, those same religions, seem to constantly recycle. Because their angel hadn't been judged ah, yet. Well, <laughs> Maybe I don't okay. know. Okay, but, but but so that gives the, the the reason we're talking about that is uh, question seven. Da- yeah, Daniel. Sees he seems to one of the most remarkable of the prophets, I, I think. Although you know, I, I guess it's hard to compare them, but he sees things of his time and the era of which he's living. But he sees far into the future these empires that are going to rise and fall, and he predicts you know Babylon and then the Medo Persians and then, and then the, after that Alexander the Greeks and then, and then after that the Roman Empire, and, it, and it, he just traces it. Hundreds of years in advance, and I guess all my life I've I've been amazed at these prophets of God, Jeremiah, Isaiah, these other Hosea, even the the, the things they predict. Some of them of their predictions have to do with uh, a certain battle or a certain thing in their short term. It's going to happen in the in the coming, well, let's, let's say, a hundred years. But it is, some but of I, them are way back, in, way up in the per- future. Uh, I don't know that I'm aware of. I can think of where a person just has a sudden vision without having some explanation and and foundation of how to interpret that vision. Look at uh, chapter 12. Uh uh And I'm kind of working towards question number 7. Look what it says. And there is a reference right there in chapter 12, verse 1. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince, that's the archangel, shall we say, Stands guard over the sons of your people. Right there's the verse that that's guard. He's the guardian uh-huh. angel of Israel. Uh-huh. So see, those things are right there if we get sensitive to what it says. And, and it's and, it, and it's a detail that's uh, it's very very important. I mean, that's a big that's a big seems thought to be a detail that there is a yeah. Right? And but but we I think we read by ourselves. We read by and we don't make special note. Uh, I, I guess what I'm getting to, though, is that these evidently these prophets, and I'm not saying that there's not some supernatural element to God okay, reveals okay. something to and, someone and, uh, and shows I, them. I would agree with that, actually. But like you just said, I, I, I suspect that the deeper and better we know and understand the scriptures and we understand these cycles and these patterns and we get the nature of God and what and we understand what God is doing, what is what are, what are God's priorities, what why is the human race here and what is the you know the the big picture of what God is doing the more you understand those if we get the right if we get the correct understanding i could see how it would give you, you some know, it's insight so interesting you chose about you said that's a detail did you ever hear back in early america about you know they had 
pubs and little uh, mm-hmm. what did they call those? They had a little. They were not bars. They had another term for them. Ah. Uh, taverns. Tavern. Thank you. I'm, I'm so, an expert. On well, that. I can tell you are. <laughs> and so they. Uh, so you know, but they had a tavern, of course, and uh, and the guy, uh, this guy in early America, had a tavern, and he was cleaning up, and he and he sent the, the sent this dog out that was in the tavern, and he closed the door and chopped off the dog's tail. Oh yeah, he did. And then the dog went. <laughs> I was just looking like looking at you like where in the world could you so, be going well, he with this? So he said something about this is a detail. Oh yeah, he, he said did. this is a detail. Okay, okay. So, so the dog goes away, and unfortunately, it's a sad story. But he bleeds to death, and he dies. Oh. The dog, yeah, and the ghost of the dog, the spirit of the dog, if you will, the ghost probably. Okay. And as the guy's kind of about two or three in the morning, he comes up, and the spirit scratches on the door. And the guy opens up, and he sees the spirit of the ghost of the dog, and he says, I'm sorry, no retailing spirits after 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really was wondering where in the world that was going. But don't get no retailing spirits after 2 a.m. Very good. Well, um, that's where we get the 2 o'clock idea, that's the closing what, time, right? Yeah. But um, where was I seriously about this incredibly deep, profound spiritual point I was making before we got off on the, the well, retailing of about dogs? It was an important detail. Yeah, yeah. Oh, de- <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys are amazing. Okay, so uh, the, the detail. Uh, anyway, just to end up the idea on Daniel, how okay. I assume obviously he was he was one of the Maggie the. the the Magi. He was uh-huh, the chief uh-huh, of them, uh-huh. among them. Yeah, he yeah, understood yeah. these things. Oh, he, he had passed. a title? He, Except you don't see it in English. Uh-huh. They'll say something, they translate and say, he's the chief of them. Uh, they will say Magi. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But you're right, it's Magi. Uh-huh. Uh, he, but he's Rag Mag, which is chief of the Magi. Oh, that was Daniel. <laughs> that was Daniel. So he was a big shot. And he became the chief. Now that And that was recognized even... By the Babylonians, oh, which not yeah. just uh, oh he was a yeah he he was a winner, and so he became in charge of their group and those guys are what we might call the wise men or the, uh-huh. the learned the magi and yeah. see mm-hmm. that and of course we say magi in our language but then that becomes up that explains why in the New Testament that these so-called magi showed up with a star from the east from yeah. the east mm-hmm. because he had taught them something about the star. Because if we read it, we don't see anywhere it says, and there was a, and the star means this. But they knew what the star meant. Why? Because Daniel knew what the star meant. Now, where did Daniel know the, what the star meant? And Daniel says in chapter 12 something about the star. But Daniel knew what the star meant. Why? Because not was it just a vision, but he read the Bible. From, uh, I'm guessing, what was that prophet that somebody tried to hire? Isaiah? Exodus. <laughs> but that is that yeah. the story of the prophet they tried to hire well, to? Okay, that that yes, but see that's a bad guy. Uh huh. You right? That was uh, 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 Balak. Balak, huh? Balak and Baal, Baalim. Mm-hmm. But okay, but that's true. But he's referencing because the bad guy knew the story too. But you're right; it does make. I see a star in Jacob, mm-hmm. and he Jacob is without sin. So he's referencing something about the stars because they knew the story, too. So good guys, besides bad guys, can uh-huh, own uh-huh, airplanes, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. And so they can 
so they know the story. So, but but he knew in Exodus because in Exodus, it clearly tells us that Moses was born under the same under star. star. Uh -huh. And I will tell you, and I referenced this before, but I, I'd like to hear it again, so I'll tell you. Um, it's uh, it, see, it has a name. It's not just a star. It has a name, and it's in chapter ten and chapter twelve, I believe it is of Exodus. Well. Daniel knew the Bible. He read Jeremiah. He read the Bible. So he was a student. He may have had the visions, but he could understand the visions because he knew the terms and the uh -huh, Bible. Uh -huh. So, now, this name of the star in the Torah was called evil. Now, why is it evil? From our perspective, it's great. But from the other guy, like Pharaoh, it's evil. Like Herod in the New Testament, that star was not a good thing. To him, to Herod, it's a bad thing. Uh -huh. So, Knowing, and I'm going to prove it to you, that I'm not just making wild things up. Uh, it's a well-known kind of thing because, you know, the term people, Abraham, Isaac, Moses, uh, not Isaac, I'm sorry, but uh, Moses was born under the star. Uh -huh. So we know that it has something with the Messiah and the birth and the star. Well, in the movie, the original Ten Commandments with Charlton sure. Heston, mm -hmm, in the first five minutes of the movie, you'll see a scene where Herod is setting, not Herod, but the Pharaoh is setting on his throne. On one side there is soldiers, on the other side these wise men, these necromancers. And so, and he, they're talking about, uh, the soldiers say, these uh, Jews, these slaves, they want to rebel. And he says, oh, he said, there's a myth among them that there'll be a deliverer to come, a Messiah. Uh -huh. And Pharaoh says, I don't believe that. That's just a bunch of old Jewish myths, you know, Hebrew myths. Uh -huh. and, the guy, and then the wise man on the other side of him says, yes, but they believe it because, and it says right here in the movie, there's a star in the sky that has shown his birth. Now, it says that in the movie. Uh -huh, uh -huh. That's in the first five minutes. Now, people pass over that and don't catch it because nobody said that. Moses had the same star. Abraham had the star. So these, the star is, is a reoccurrence. That's why when you get to the New Testament, the, these it's not magi, surprising. It's not this. surprising. They know what it meant. But somebody had to teach them. And who taught them was our boy Daniel. He went to the University of Daniel. And and, oh, I, oh, I like that. still going oh, on. Man, Soapy, Soapy. He went to the <laughs> University of Daniel. I like that. Well, I assume that. But, it, but it's astounding. This oh. is, what is that, 500 years later? That, oh, a little more now, that, yeah. that that still yeah. the school of understanding yeah, about these things right. is still is still there. So he taught them, and so they were wise men. They saw it. They said, "Ah, the Messiah, like Moses, because Moses was a Messiah." They went. Uh, they went to find him. Well, anyway, so let's look at chapter twelve, shall okay. we? Okay. Now the verses seem obscure when I read them. Uh huh. I'll take a look at chapter twelve. Like for example. Uh, uh, well, I don't want to have to read the whole thing, but you have, uh, like in verse 3, it says, uh, those who will have insight will shine brightly like the brightness, actually, like the expanse of heaven. That, when you get back into the old Hebrew stuff, it comes a little closer that it's something like a star in the sky. Uh-huh. So... They those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Uh -huh. See, I read that when I was a kid, and I've always thought, wow, that's, I want to lead many to, to Christ. I want to lead many people to, to righteousness, to know God. And, and I've always taken great hope from that in the sense of, mm -hmm. you know, that you'll shine brightly. That. But, see, that's just my little... Well, that's okay. That's my little private sort of. That's that's absolutely fine. And I'm that's an example. 
we the way we Gentiles read the scriptures, we kind of take it literally and go straight and go, oh yeah, that's what the. But you're talking about this is a deeper, long-term significance that. So we know, and the reason I brought up the movie The Ten uh-huh. Commandments because it's right there, and everybody mm-hmm. knew it, so they could put it into the movie. Uh-huh. All right, and then if you look over here at uh, chapter twelve, verse ten. Uh huh. Well, I don't know what yours reads, but it could be a real adventure. But why don't you read it? Uh, it says. I start at 9. Go go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. Okay. Is that close? That's close. Ballpark? That's that's the ballpark. uh, uh, The teams haven't shown up, but it is the ballpark. Mm -hmm. Okay, Okay. so uh, it says, yeah, so when it says... The wicked will not understand. In other words, like Herod, uh-huh. those kind of people, they didn't get it. And you might say from a Christian point of view that uh, that people that don't believe in Jesus don't recognize the birth star and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Huh? But see, he said, but the, in, in Acts it says those that have insight, the insight is the word they're using to represent like a star, mm-hmm. will understand. So mm-hmm. you see this, there's a prophecy here. He's actually writing down, so we're getting a little microcosm of a lesson of what Daniel, the Ragmag, was teaching the Magi, the Magi, and that's, you see, so that's what's going on. So he was teaching them, and what's always fascinated me I don't, I, is I don't hear that taught or talked about much, in, if I may say, with all fairness, in Christian churches. No, no. Uh, uh, like I say, our approach, I think mainly <clears throat> our Gentile approach <clears throat> and I'm not trying to be harsh, or and, and I, I assume there's some legitimacy to that type of just uh, looking at the scripture in, sure, in a, in a sure. personal and take in personal way, and, and there's wisdom there as well. But on this level of, of of seeing the big big picture and the long term cycles and and the purposes and, and, and the great moving purposes of God and so on, that that I think is a special uh, approach, and, and it's one that I think. Uh, you guys are more in touch with that uh, because, I mean, these, these are your scriptures, your prophets, your language, your culture, your society, your history that we're talking about. That's, But look at what he says, I, I, and I don't, maybe we shouldn't go into this. Uh, but it, but no, you've got, I know what you're going <clears> to <throat> do. Go ahead. But the wicked will continue talking about, and, and he says, then he comes with this, yep. from go. the time the daily uh, sacrifice is uh, stopped, uh-huh. and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is set up to be worshipped, there will be a thousand two hundred and ninety days, and blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of the thousand three hundred and thirty five days. Mm-hmm. What in the world do you, are you does your insight give you into well there's two two approaches to that from the Christian scholars they identify that as the birth of Jesus. you see tying it into those previous verses is that right yes they do uh-huh. now from a Distinctly Jewish point, but a thousand two hundred ninety days—that's no. not. I mean, what is that? Just four years, four Jewish years? No, 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 no. But uh, it's it's actually the a week of years. So oh, okay, you say okay, it's, okay. It's, it's it's mathematics. Oh, I see. But uh, but then the other one is from a Jewish point of view, it's referring to the destruction of the temple. Uh huh. So. But they're both very similar. But well, that would be the desecration that is set up. Well, and what was... Daily what, sacrifices yes. are stopped. Was that Herod? Uh, actually, no. It was the destruction of that temple. The Roman... Oh, I'm sorry. The Roman destruction. Yeah, uh, that's but what I mean. You know, 
Do you know what happened or what the desecration was of Daniel? Jesus refers to this in the New Testament, actually. Is that when the statue of Caesar is put you, into the temple? You got temple? it. Yeah, oh, they dude. actually took the statue of the Roman Caesar God and put them into the temple. Well, the real Jews would never do that. That's mm. why they got rid of all the Jews. When people read the New Testament, they don't realize they're not talking about the Pharisees. They're not talking about the real priests. They were gone. Uh -huh. They kicked them out. They uh -huh. put their boys in the operation. Uh -huh. They were buying and selling the priesthood and, and the positions. Of, but then it ends up with, as for you, Daniel, go your way until the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. That's one of those few references to the concept of resurrection. Ah. That, that, that Here at the last verse of the book of Daniel. Well, let's take a look, because your, your question 7 actually gives 12.2 uh -huh. as the verse. Take a look at that. Uh, let me verse 12.2. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Right. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. We referenced that earlier. Yes. So this, uh, wow, this is, so, and so Jesus read this and knew this and the, the whole idea so of resurrection. From a, from a Christian reading, I, I assume <laughs> you mean, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I assume this resurrection they're referring to, because see, resurrection was a known quantity, mm -hmm. so it didn't surprise anybody. Even Herod knew about resurrection because he was they, afraid John the Baptist. They right? thought John yeah. the Baptist came back. Of course, mm -hmm. I guess he wouldn't have a head, but, uh, <laughs> but, well, but that's he, one of the but, great but lessons of uh, John the, the Baptist: how to get back. ahead. You yeah, know. So this, even the good guys and the bad guys, both knew about this. That's so he was trying to get ahead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was he was a rising young executive. He's trying to get ahead. He wasn't trying. He, <laughs> You get it, a rising oh, energy. we should not do this. Okay. The, the, that's right, our good friend John. Is, is, so see, <clears throat> now, in the Christian point of view, it would be fair to say, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that you're taking that to be like those that might possibly accept Jesus. Mm -hmm, said, oh, mm -hmm. That's okay. See, I would understand that take on it. That's not historically. Mm -hmm. but they, so of course, mm -hmm. this is a long time mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. Jesus mm -hmm. and Christians. Mm -hmm. But they took that differently. Well, the, I would to, say the people of God. You know, the, the, the people of God. They're people. specifically referring to Israel. Okay. And see, because it follows from verse one, Mar Michael, the guardian angel of your. Uh huh. I see. So, so they're referring to the people who awake in the dust and raised will be the Jews. These other ones are referring to are the bad guys like the uh, uh, Edomites mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the Babylonians, that kind of stuff. But uh, there's one thing I want to point out here. This is one of the troubling passages for me. I mean, and possibly for, mm -hmm, for others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Look what it says. It says, uh, many of those that sleep in the dust in the ground will wake to, ever, uh, to everlasting life, but others will awake as well. So to shame it and does to, seem mm -hmm. that it's suggesting there was eternal life for both of them, doesn't it? It does, and that is. Uh, I was talking to my son today about these concepts over lunch. We had, and he, uh, he, you know, he has some real great thoughts. He's done some great study on the concept of resurrection and and what ha judgments of God and what happens to the uh, the ungodly and so well, on and so on. I'd like to add real quick that today uh, I went over to my friend's uh, Mike McDowell, the guy that substituted for you one time, and he uh -huh. teaches that class over at the big, that big Baptist church. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about other things. And He's he a had, professor as well, he right? He's a yeah. college professor. Uh -huh. and, uh, and in spite of that, they let him teach the class. <laughs> but... Uh, but uh, 
Is yeah. he at the University of Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, he's a bright guy. He's got a yeah. PhD and all that uh -huh. kind of stuff. But anyway, so uh, the but uh, he made a good point because he had heard when I t made the reference between the uh, reincarnation and the resurrection. Uh -huh. And he suggested uh, a way of phrasing it which is more palatable and more understandable. And I thought it was good because he said, you know, he said, I understood that you, that you were trying to say that r resurrection is kind of a form of reincarnation, but it's a, uh, you come back as yourself. Yeah. He said, and he said, you both have the element of coming yeah, back from the right. dead. Yeah. And he said, I understood that. But he said, here's one of the good points that you might make the distinction about. And I like his point. Uh -huh. He said... It is uh, with reincarnation that can reoccur over and over and over again, and uh, it can you can be other people and that kind of thing. But he said the resurrection that he understands because he's obviously a full-fledged Baptist guy. He said uh, that's rising once to eternal life, yeah. and I thought that's a great distinction that he made, and I thought I'd give him credit because that's yeah. his idea, and uh -huh. I thought that was a fine way of phrasing it. It was, and uh, yeah. Have you never that, noticed that, that people that talk about re uh, reincarnation? They, you know, I came back. They never come back as a stable boy or a, or a street cleaner down. It's always I was a king, and I was <laughs> always. And I'll tell you something else. I'll give you two things that are absolute antithesis. They both cannot be true. Let's do it when we come back. I'll wait here. All right. And you don't go anywhere either, folks. We'll be back in just a little bit with our final segment of the Bible Live. We'll get into those little books at the end of the New Testament. Rock of ages, cliff for me. Let me hide myself in thee. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Final segment, the Bible Live here, and uh, we've been talking about all things um, Daniel, and we wanted to move on now to the James New Testament, to the little books, James first, the little letter of um, Peter, uh, first and second Peter, wrote these two letters, and then you got first, second, and third John, the the Apostle John wrote these small letters to. Probably, I suppose, John had to do with the church. At, I believe he was a leader in the church of Ephesus. Uh, and uh, they may have been the, the target of his, um, of his letter. Um, then, uh, let me see, from 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, then uh, the little one-chapter book of Jude, uh, another half-brother. We're starting with with James, who was a half-brother of, and of where, Jesus, of where Nazareth. Are we? I happen to know where we were told that James and Jude are brothers. Do you know where? No, I don't. I, may, I can't may, recall. May I share? I'll let you shine. It's Come Mark uh -huh. chapter 3, verse 6. 
Well, I'll be doggone. I just, I mean, uh, that is worth looking at. Let me take a peek. Is this worth looking at, you think? Mark chapter 3. Yeah, chapter 3, verse 6. That's where we learn that James, the brother of, yeah, uh-huh, I'm kind of recalling the passage. Well, of course you are. You're a three, Baptist licensed yeah. minister. He looked around at them angrily and deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Jesus, he's talking about Jesus. <clears throat> and he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored at once. The Pharisees went away. Three, verse six. Well, I don't see any reference to James there. You said Mark? Mark 3, 6, yes. I mean, I didn't... Well, it's possible that I got... Uh... I'm hearing a, a something. Okay. Uh, once the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. Let me see. I don't see anything about James. Oh, man. Okay, well, I'm maybe sorry. May, it's possible I got the right It could be. It's a, it's a... It happens? It, it, I've, I've never seen it. I've never seen it happen that you made a mistake. Well... But, uh, okay. I, I don't want to disappoint people, so they're, I, I should make one now and then. We've got some whistling coming over there. Yeah, I don't know if some, it's... Something's some... going on, but John's going to fix it. Yeah. You're right. I'm looking it up. I, I quoted the wrong place. Never mind. Three. Um, so I wonder where it would be, but, where it mentioned it. but we could find it. You can... Okay, John, the sons of John, Zebedee, but Jesus' nickname. Now look at verse 18. Uh, it goes through the list of the Simon and Philip James. And that's James, son of Alphaeus. That's not his yeah, yeah, it'll be over there. Oh, yeah. But I, I do remember there is a passage yeah. where it mentions his family knew and tried to take him away. I don't know if we should do our homework on yeah. the air. Yeah. Well, oh, no, no, let's, let's uh, <laughs> get back to him. So we've got James. We start off with this letter from James, yeah. who was a leader in the church of Jerusalem and also his half-brother, uh, uh, son of uh, Joseph and Mary. Is that the uh, top half or the bottom half? <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, you got James, and then we end up with Jude, who is another of the half-brothers of, of Jesus. So both of those are in our reading schedule this past week. So let's start with James. He uh, He is the book that... He, in, to some degree, is a counterweight, the counterbalance to the concept of grace in the sense of uh, faith and grace alone, uh, faith alone, you know, just, just faith. It's a, and he says, no, you know, it, yeah, it is about faith. It's about believing God. But if you truly do believe God and you have faith in God, it's going to give it's going to it's going to evident it's going to become evident because of your actions because of your works you, you know you can't just say well i have faith i believe this faith is not just intellectual assent because he points out the fact that even even satan and the david the devils even they believe intellect they know who god is they believe in god but they don't act on it and, and so on. So that's kind of the, would that be the, maybe what it, the book of James is well, most yeah, well J- known James for? James would fit comfortably in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, because, because yeah, because he clearly says that he says, you know, I, I love that one verse about, uh, was it? Uh, faith without works yeah, is dead? Is, yeah, he said that someone may well say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without my works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Uh-huh. Now, that's a very Jewish thought. Uh, because, you know, you're, uh, 
your belief may be different than mine, but I can tell if you help do charity, you help do something. Sure, yeah. So I can tell that, and so, uh, and I and that is in fact uh, in that class I went to today the. Uh, they were t- talking the distinction. They're using the Hebrew word, but they were talking about distinction between righteousness and justice. And interesting, the same Hebrew word is translated both ways. And the reason for that is that you cannot do justice from the Jewish thought, from the Hebrew thought, the ancient thought, as a judge, unless you only use God's laws. May I give you a quick example? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, for example, uh, it's okay in the quote-unquote Old Testament to defend yourself if someone's trying to kill you, right? Right. You agree with that, right? Yes, uh uh-huh. Okay. Self-defense. Okay, self-defense is an acceptable trait. So here is how abortion is handled. Are you ready for this? Yes. You see, abortion abortion is generally considered not after the baby is quickened to become a a, a living being, shall Uh we say, uh uh, then abortion is not really... Uh, encouraged or accepted because that is considered to be destruction of a human life unless the fetus is doing is poisoning the mother and attacking the mother and becomes an adversary to the mother then it's self-defense to do it, you see. I so see. it's the application. That's how uh-huh, the reason uh-huh. that. Yeah, that is. And uh, you get, that gets into deep. I, 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 and I think mo- most people, when the life of the mom is endangered, you know, there's a decision there and that's made clearly. Uh, but not to go too far into that, what I would mention here is James asked a question, how can you claim to have faith? Mm-hmm. You know, and he... And he builds on that theme of if you, we have genuine faith, it will produce works. And, and it's not really an accusation that his readers don't have faith because he's writing to Jewish believers uh, uh, whom he considers, as we've already seen in chapter 1, to be his brothers and sisters uh, in faith. But he is cautioning these believers that uh, to make sure that their behavior, that their faith gives expression to to you know acts and works of charity of caring about other people of loving other people when we are when we are objects of God's love and God's protection and provision for our lives um, it's like it's like you have a huge bank account yeah, we, and we, when you have a huge bank account you can afford of, to be generous um, <laughs> speaking of bank account uh-huh. I find I, I, I touched the button in, in your yes, Jewish heart. I, I didn't ha- I? Yes, you did. Thank you so much. Okay, I okay. have a bank account, mm-hmm. and part of my bank account mm-hmm. is uh, uh, a couple out there, a uh, very knowledgeable couple, Ralph and Esther, mm-hmm. and they just sent me a text. Uh huh. And it is where the James and Jude are brothers. Uh-huh. I did write it down wrong, but I actually I baited the hook and they corrected. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Matthew thirteen fifty five. Matthew, and I just okay. looked it up, and it certainly is there. Go for it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll just you want me to read it? Please. Okay. If you don't, yeah, I think this it's is worth. not the carpenter's son. It is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James and Joseph, Simon and Judah. Judah. Okay. There you go, so, uh, Matthew thirteen. So, so that's uh, we, we understand that James, uh, and of course we've talked about his book. Uh, there was some controversy about James. I can't remember what it is. It's one. 
it seems like it had to do with Luther or something that uh, somebody didn't like it or someone liked it better than others or whatever. I guess all of that's perfectly understandable the way we are. But it's a great, great book. And uh, I love his definition of true, true religion and what, pure. What is, is that definition? Uh, uh, it's to uh, love and serve the orphans and widows and uh, pure, pure religion and undefiled. Uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember it and I can't. Boy, isn't that, I didn't do. Like you said, doing our homework on the air is not good. But um, pure religion, undefiled. I believe it's in James where he says is to uh, love. Um, well, orphans why do you look that up? Can we talk the, uh, about verse uh, chapter one, verse one? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. You go ahead and look that up. Uh-huh. Uh, chapter one, verse one says James, a bond servant of God mm-hmm. of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the twelve tribes who are dispersed among the among abroad, greetings. So, he's addressing, and this is something I want to point out while you're looking that up, uh-huh. that he seems to be writing the letter to the twelve tribes. Well, what's unusual about that? Well, ten of those tribes remember us the so-called messing. The, the lost tribes. But you'll act. You're the is that a, a Samaritan? Uh, the, the the northern tribes yes, that were uh, in seven twenty two. They sure. were taken away yeah, into but exile. Were, yeah. But he seems to know where they're at. Now we do know that in the Book of Kings and Chronicles, we do see some of them being invited down occasionally to attend Passover. So we do know that's going on. So they did have an idea of where they were. But James is writing this. Also, there's something else in the book of James that we ought to take note of. Uh-huh. Okay? You know what that is? Tell me. The, the destruction of the temple is not mentioned. So that seems to indicate that he was writing this, that there was a dispersal. Either he chose not to mention the destruction of the temple, or uh, these, these Jews were dispersed. Um, before the destruction of the temple. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, and the timing and the dating of the book of James that comes in that comes in to the idea of the dating, the writing. It makes no allusions uh, between the meeting with Paul and James that in Jerusalem. James was the head of the church in, in congregation in Jerusalem, so it doesn't mention that meeting uh, in Acts fifteen. That was somewhere around 48 A.D. And so he said, many believe the letter could have written before that meeting, that that council in, in uh, that we read about in Acts 15. Jewish Christians were scattered well, from Jerusalem. And I actually, I did mm-hmm. attend, or I did hear one Christian says, oh, this was because the Jews were so hard on the Christians. And it has nothing to do with that. Uh, actually, what it has to do with is the conquering Romans. I found out what our... our Whistling is. What is it? My, my my headphones are getting too close to the mic, uh, and, and it's it's reverb from my. Ah, so you're trying to listen too closely to what you're yes. saying. <laughs> <laughs> I always practice that. Listen to what you're saying. Look at uh, chapter one, verse twenty-six. You claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue. You are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father. This is interesting. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Mm-hmm. Pretty now, much. I mean, that's a. That's, it that's, is. And see, the little differences, you know, of course, in the Christian world, charity and giving mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, take care of mm-hmm, is a wonderful mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And it's. 
It's charity. It's from your heart. And, and being an orphan, I've always been taking. I've often taken great comfort from so that. So would you I've, like a couple bucks? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll pass the plate here in just a minute. No, but you know, I grew up in a, in, a, in, a, in a place for homeless and delinquent boys, and and it was mainly, and even to this day, it's mainly supported right. by good, godly, believing people, just simple salt of the earth people who send. I like to take care of those little, those boys out of boys' ranch. You sure. know, and you're reading little, that. What chapter and verses are some people? One twenty-six, chapter one, verse twenty-six oh, of James. Look at there. One twenty-six of uh-huh. James. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, one twenty-seven. I think is actually uh, okay. the verse that. Okay. So, um, what's interesting is undefiled religion um, is a. Uh, uh, I will tell you this. The difference between uh, uh, the Christian thought about charity, which comes from the heart, and Jewish thought is charity is a required law. Whether you have the heart to do it or not, you're still required to do it. So when I read this, I fit that into James being a uh, 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 a, a Jew. Uh-huh. And uh, well, let's let's take a call. What do you say? Okay, let's do that. Let's take uh, Jerry. How would Jerry be? Jerry is here. We're glad to hear from you, Jerry. Thanks for calling in, being a part of the Bible Live Show. What are you gonna? What comment do you have for us? Well, I, I wanted to kind of get back just a quick review of, of your subject because I was, I just had an opportunity to turn you on, but I wanted to to visit with you guys for just a minute because there's something always interesting going on with you. Uh, could you just? Would you mind doing that just a little bit quicker? Sure, you, you go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, so, I mean, something that, uh, can you tell me a little bit what, what the main part part of your subject was about, mostly, uh, in short, if that's okay? Well, we've been talking about Daniel, uh, We spent, uh, but then we've come back to the New Testament looking at the book of James. Uh, the half-brother of Jesus, we commented, and uh, that James adds the element of, of yes, faith, Faith is the key to being being right with God, trusting God. But He takes it on to, but faith it's a faith that expresses itself in in action. You know, uh, faith without works, He says, is dead. And so that was a kind of a characteristic of His book, a central characteristic: the practicality, the practical side of faith that it must work itself out in acts of charity and taking care of the widows and the orphans and uh, doing good. Because of our faith in God, and so we've just gotten that far. Really, we've—that's uh, kind of what we've discussed so far. Then we're going to move on to the books of First, Second Peter, and First, Second, Third John, and Jude. We're just going to comment quickly on those books before the end of the hour here. Trying to interject a little bit of information you may have. Have you seen the uh, church in uh, the? That's under the Greek Orthodox uh, in Jerusalem, but it's uh, it's kind of hidden away and typically desecrated by uh, people in Israel, unfortunately. And uh, but it's the actual original uh, church meeting place. You said, the, you said Greek Orthodox. Yes, it's under the Greek Orthodox uh, authority, but it's a it's a hidden kind of place, and it's been. I mean, people will throw trash in there. They'll they'll uh, do all kinds of things throw things in there, pour things in there, and stuff like that. It's really, but it's, it's the original church. And where, and, uh, what city is this located in, Jerry? It's, it's, it's I understand it's in Jerusalem itself. No, uh, and, it's, uh, uh, and, uh, and, yeah. it's in Jerusalem? Yeah, 
Jerusalem. Are you talking about perhaps the place that's uh, it's like a grotto, it's four levels down, where they actually have a gold plate around where they say that no. Jesus is born? No, no, this that's is in Bethlehem, a very, actually. Very, very primitive place, and they had even escape routes in case Romans were coming through the persecution, they could, they could escape through the back way. Uh-huh. Um, most people don't know about it, but uh, they're, they're, I just happened to come across it some time ago, and there's videos on that, but it's, it's the original church. And and it is not honored as, as anything, but is the original church and the location, and uh, it is it's, it's very very uh, old and stone, and uh, it, it, it kind of like. But people throw stuff in there. It's it's really disrespected tremendously. It and so, me. and when you say original church, I, I don't, what are you actually meaning? Uh, you, I mean, you are you talking about going back to the. The time of Christ and the early church in Jerusalem. Uh, we, we, we mentioned that James was a leader of the right. believers in Jerusalem, but at that time, I don't believe they had broken off entirely from the. I think they still met in the temple, right? And they met in homes and that sort of thing, but uh, the, but they st- there had not been the strict separation, right? Well, it was it was it was that particular one was under James' uh, uh, authority. I and, see. Uh, I was wondering if if that's what triggered that thought in your mind that that, that James was actually a, maybe a leader of that particular congregation or they met there or something. Is that's that the idea? Indicate, yeah, that's the indication that he was the the, the leader of that congregation, and uh, that uh, you know, of course, eventually he was he was persecuted and killed. But uh-huh. uh, but at the same time, I thought it was so significant. People just don't recognize. Yeah. Well, Jerry, I'll tell you what, I, I have an interest in what you're saying. I believe Soapy does, and, oh, I'd say several of the listeners may. <laughs> but, so, I'll tell you what, I know since you don't have the actual location, since you're aware of this, I'd be interested in learning more. Perhaps you could uh, check it out, get the information for us, and maybe next week or the week after, give us a call and give us what we could look at. Talk about it a little bit more. All right? Well, I'd like to say an email. I think I may still have an email that I can send something to, but I don't recall. Soapy at thebiblelive dot com. Is this Soapy. a friend of yours, Soapy? Yeah, we've talked before. Jerry is. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And, and you can uh, address me there through from the broadcast. Uh, but if you don't mind, Jerry, we're going to run ahead so we can get a little bit of commentary. We've only got a few minutes left about the books of now of First Second Peter. Uh, that's going to be hard to do real quickly, but Peter gets into some real topics. Uh, of uh, He talks about the end times. Uh, he talks about the, that the, the world will be destroyed not by another flood, but by fire. He talks about God is not slack. There's a wonderful verse in chapter 2, I believe, verse 9. He talks about Jesus is going to return someday. But that, and some people say, "Well, where is this Jesus? When is he going to return?" You know, kind of a. And is that First Peter two nine or Second Peter two nine? Um, one nine, maybe. I'm finding. And he says, "God is not slack concerning his promise, but he is long suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." And so, he talks about the reason God is holding back of, of, of Jesus holding back or returning. Uh, and closing down human history is that giving more people time for the harvest, more people time to be made right with God, to come to... Re- and what's interesting mm-hmm. is the harvest is coming up. 
it's actually that's what the sukkah is about. Sukkot. That's right. Good deal. That's what the Sukkot, uh, the, the festival it's, is about. It's about harvest. Yes. I think I've, I've come to under, believe and understand Scripture biblically that it's one of the guiding principles of of human history is that if if God so loved the world, as we're told in John 3, 16, Jesus said, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And, and if the message of repentance and reconciliation with God is God's intent and purpose— uh, calling out a people from him, for himself out of the human race. I will be their God. They will be my people. If that is, then the, the purpose, harvest, the harvest of souls and people for the uh, salvation and eternal relationship with God, then um, that that is a major principle that would guide. If that is true, that's a principle that would guide a lot of things. Uh, that would explain a, a lot about the rising and falling of empires. It would explain a lot, uh, you know, if you have them eyes to see and ears to hear, as I would say. You, you have to count as as human history has developed. It has something to do with what God is doing is the harvest, the calling people out uh, for himself. And so um, that's a major thought. I don't want to go too much in depth on it right now, but uh, that's a major principle that guides the, the the cycles that we talked about uh, in, in throughout the scriptures. So we have First Peter, Second Peter. Um, I'm trying to find that particular verse. Oh, when the day of the, it's Second Peter three nine, uh, he says the day of the Lord will come as an un, unexpected thief. He talks about uh, a, a day in, the, when the Lord is like a thousand years uh, to the Lord, and so on. Um, so Peter addresses these topics. There's some interesting, interesting topics about when Jesus would return again. Obviously, he uh, emphasizes the lordship of Christ, of Messiah. And um, so that's, I guess, what we'll give to Peter at the time. How about John, John's little letters? I don't know if you have any particular insight on these little letters from these well, guys. I was just not. kind of letting you run with it because you're a licensed Baptist preacher. <laughs> I've got a license. That's right. I can do this. That's right. uh, but I think you have a laminated in your, uh, on your, for a, a blinder on your car. Or that's right. That's right. Visor, I want people to know that. And, uh, it hadn't gotten me out of any traffic tickets. I, I would think that you know, a policeman would see that and go, I'm not going to give you a t- ticket, sir, but... Uh. Anyway, uh, but then we come to Jude. Jude, and finally that little book of Jude. I, I don't know if there's any particular like characteristic about Jude. About what? Would you like to say? Hey Jude, uh-huh. yeah. Well, anyway, something That's interesting about Jude uh, talks about the, the the battle between Michael and yeah. uh, Satan. And it over, sure does. And, and they want to fight over Moses' body. Now, it, why isn't they that interesting? Yeah. And you see, I've always understood that it's because, actually, I should say, in all fairness, this draws heavily upon the first book of Enoch that talks, because in the second temple period, uh-huh. this is this is interesting, because this is in the second temple period, so it kind of gives us an idea, because this book draws on Enoch. So, in the second temple period, this was a, when it spawned a lot of literature about angels and battles and things. They wanted Moses' body so they could turn to a shrine. Satan did, so like Muhammad. Uh, and God didn't want most to be a shrine because he's just a, a nice exactly. guy, a good guy, but he's not a shrine. Turn these things into idols. Well, there's our music. We are well, out of time. Thanks, for folks, for being with us. And what I would like to add, just before we go, always be the kind of person you would like to have for a parent. restore the Bible to our culture. 
Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.